0: Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw. Today, I have a special guest in studio. This is such a a privilege, and and I get excited. The listeners can probably tell the difference between me doing these by myself (laughs) and doing it with somebody in the room, especially somebody six feet away from me that i can stare at because you have to be six feet away now bill. socially distant. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right <laughs> but i have dr bill hines william hines to some of you i get to call him bill <laughs> and i am wound up and silly today but this is great having you in the studio bill thanks for being here great to be here bill has been the chairman of our board and he's also the vice president at IEBC. am i saying that right and um Author, speaker. He's recently taught in South Africa and they loved him. Pastor Sabrin de Schwart and others have really appreciated his teaching as we have in the Addiction Connection. We look forward to doing more stuff together in the days ahead. So I am fired up about Bill being here. We're going to talk about one of his books. He knows it's my favorite book that he's written, Leaving Yesterday Behind. And before we do that, I want to read 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 1, just the first three verses here. It says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, identity in a minute. I don't want to spoil it, but that's such a big part of uh, biblical counseling, isn't it, Bill? Just talking to people about their identity in Christ and being a a child of God, one of his children is a is a thrill, a privilege for me. Yeah, and and
1: even more with all that's gone on in our culture the last few years, I've been thinking even more about how what we think about identity in many ways sets us apart as biblical counselors versus therapists that practice according to psychology. Uh, for instance, you could take the twelve steps that we've talked about a lot, and Individually, some of those steps we, we can find uh, support for, uh, asking people forgiveness, things like that. But when you take it as a whole and you see what the, what the 12 steps are trying to do, it really makes man or self the idol. It, it creates a scenario where I'm choosing God, you know, the, the higher power as I understand him to be, so And if I'm choosing God, that makes me God's creator, which makes me God. Right. And as we, as we look at, uh, again, all 12 steps or, or many of those sorts of programs, it's about making me feel better. It's about creating within me a sense, a reason to go on. And, of course, what I argue is that the Bible gives us another reason to go on, and it has completely to do with God with who he is and who he has made us
0: to be. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important for people to understand. If you can choose a higher power, then you can fire that higher power, which really makes you the higher power is what yeah. you just said. Amen.
1: Um. <laughs> well, and the, the verse that you just read, you know, if somebody says, who are you? When I was little, I'd say, well, I'm Bob Hines' son, or mm-hmm. I'm a football player, or, you know, <clears throat> things like that. But the the truth is the most dynamic truth is who am I? I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. As one who has been redeemed by the work of of Christ, by the blood of the lamb, I am his child and that changes everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It really does. I mean, when you have a good idea of your heavenly father, you know, sometimes from your earthly father you you had a good father I had a good father um, not perfect but uh, sure it gave me a good image of my Heavenly Father not everybody has that but that's still not an excuse is it I mean oh no you
1: know you know somebody will say well I did this or that terrible crime because my parents did this well I could find a whole lot of people whose parents did that that didn't turn out to be criminals you know, they made other choices along the way. And, and even uh, when, when we uh, do evangelism sometimes, you'll hear people say, oh, Jesus died because he loved you. Okay? That's certainly true. He, he, loved, he loves us. He loves the people he died for. <clears throat> but I've also heard him say uh, things that you were so worthwhile, you were so important to Jesus that he died for you and he would have died for you if you were the only person that ever lived because you're so important. Well, there we've switched We've switched it from Christ to the person. And looking at Titus 3, verse 4, But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the re- washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly, through Jesus Christ, excuse me, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That talks about that we offered nothing in, the trans, in, in that transaction, mm. but Christ offered everything, including mm-hmm. these verses about the regeneration and the renewing of the Spirit. He changed us. He changed fundamentally who we are and who we can be. In Christ Mm. and so we don't take from that oh that I'm so important or life is about me being happy I think we should take from that my father has gone to great lengths to draw me to himself to change me to be someone that walks as his son
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's not about us I think sometimes when we read the Bible no matter where it is in the Bible we think about ourselves and kind of read it in a selfish kind of way. I mean, not always, but that's certainly a a propensity of my own heart and and all of our hearts, I think, is to to see ourselves as the hero. But really, God is the hero, and like you say, he went to great lengths to draw us to himself and uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the life he had to live uh, that no small thing when you when you think about us of course to God it was something to do that he could do could accomplish he didn't need any help from us uh, but I like your emphasis there on it's really about what God did to save us and then God gives us this new identity talk to us a little bit about how our identity uh, shapes us I know in leaving yesterday behind uh, it's it's one of my favorite top five books of all time. It's just an easy read. It hits a lot of different really good topics where you deal with anger and depression and self-pity and all those kinds of things. and you treat it in such a um, a profound way yet in a in, in brevity of words, <laughs> which I'm not doing right now. but it's uh, it's so good. And uh, you know, for somebody who doesn't have a lot of time, to be able to grab that book and read it in a weekend. And of course, you know, I say read in a weekend, but I mean I was reading it nonstop, you know, I couldn't put it down. But I just thought, man, this book hits on so many issues and I love the title, Leaving Yesterday Behind. Um, just just a great book, and I'm very thankful for it. I think people in a you know struggling with addiction need need that book. I mean, it's vital to what to their uh, spiritual growth. so I,
1: I appreciate that. and I when I was talking to the publisher about publishing it, I told him it was a man-sized book. yeah, <laughs> meaning that it was the size of a book that a man might read.
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: because it wasn't too long. Um, but and it might help to know there's a, a process through the book. it starts with what is my problem and who is to blame mm. And uh, basically the problem is this sin nature and'm I'm, I'm to blame because I persist in that, but after the problem, we see that there's a promise, the promise of the coming Messiah that would do those things I just read about in Titus 3 that would supply for us what we need to change from a self-worshipper to a worshipper of God, and then we get into the process, and the process starts with grace. God gives us grace for this journey that he sets us out on, and grace is, is not just getting us saved, it is empowerment for living. By his grace, because of his grace, he gives us all that we need to persevere in, in this life. And with that, chapter 4, he gives us a new identity. Mm-hmm. And that new identity, in brief, is as a child of God, and we are to grow up to be like our Heavenly Father. And again, like I said earlier, that changes everything. And it also changed me from somebody that was uh, often depressed, uh, often depressive. I'd always have a good reason for it. You know, oh, I'm, you know, upset about the condition of mankind or something, uh, or upset about a, a girl and she done me wrong or, you know, something like that. But I realized that. It's really not about that. It's it's about who has God made me to be and what has He provided. Does He want me to be uh, to be joyful, to experience joy? Yes, He does. There's a lot of verses. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly in John 10.10. Mm-hmm. 10. He wants our lives to be full, but He wants it to be full of Him mm-hmm. and full for His causes. Re- remember, He made us and He made us for a purpose. And it's when we are fulfilling that purpose, when we are on the journey with Christ, is when we begin to understand truly who we are. It's like, uh, I've used a silly example perhaps, but a a car may be a very good car. It may run very well until I try to use it as a boat. Mm. And then it sinks. Same with a boat. Try to use it as a car, it did not go anywhere. Mm. Well, we are people that we try to be our own gods, we live for self, and that's when we sink, yeah. and we can sink deeper and deeper. Or at the very... At, at, often, we, we may think we're very successful. Maybe I've made a lot of money, maybe I've achieved success by what the world says success is. But in terms of identity, it ends there. Yeah, This, this is it. I often think when somebody uh, is driving erratically or is driving in a dangerous way, well, maybe this is all that guy's got to live for. Maybe this is it for him. And uh, yeah, and and so with a new identity, with empowerment of grace, he gives us what we need so that we can change, so that we can take on the issues of life, and we can change. There's there's three chapters on change. We can change regarding, as you mentioned, anger forgiving others and self-pity I think really nails it down from Mm -hmm. Psalm 73 where we realize that um, I get feeling so sorry for myself I think God's forgotten me until I enter his presence the psalmist says until I enter the sanctuary of God Mm -hmm. and that's his presence and when we spend that time with him we begin to get it correct and that's why I end with the last section on the purpose which is the great commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we are living in order that we might love God with all that we are, the joy will follow that. Uh, If you want to call it happy, there will be happy times that will follow that. But remember, there are a lot of people living in terrible situations that know the joy of the Lord because they spend time with him and they've had their hearts truly changed and they, they've learned that there's a different perspective on life. It's not about comfort. It's not about position. It's about who I am
0: before him. that's So well stated. And uh, I was counseling someone recently about this very thing of identity and the person is trying to be a success according to another person's standards, and according really to worldly standards, and not according to God's word. And I said just kind of what you said, and, and part of that was, um, you're you're really never going to be a success. They're they're always going to hold you, you know, hold you to a higher standard. And um, and then even if you are, quote-unquote, a success there, you've still failed in how God wants to grow you. And so um, think about how you can grow to be a godly person, a holy person, someone obedient to the Lord, and grow in character to be more Christ-like. Then you can always succeed. Then you don't have to worry about how much money is in your bank account, which some of us can't control that. Sometimes you lose money. You have to pay for a car repair. You have to, you know, I mean, for those of us who live on a different side of town than maybe <laughs> Jeff Bezos or people like that, um, you know, I mean, it, it's difficult. When, when I start thinking about what is success and security and all that kind of thing, and, and I lose my identity in Christ because I'm thinking about worldly stuff, and that's what this person was really focused on. And so shifting from ungodly goals to what God says is, is a success, You know, character building and Christ-likeness and loving other people, this person does those things well when they're thinking along those lines and striving for that kind of goal rather than the other goal. And that's, I think, identity really pushes us to how we behave, what we do. Out of that, when we forget that our identity is in Christ, we can become very worldly and look like a worldly person rather than a Christ follower. Um, Amen. So it's
1: well, and and for people that may be listening and helping somebody like we're talking about, or you may be that person. Um, there, there's a great passage to look up in Second Corinthians three eighteen that talks about that uh, we are being changed. The glory of the Lord is such that we are being changed, being transformed from glory to glory. Uh, you know, We are growing in glory. We are growing in this change. And I also love uh, Philippians uh, 3.12, where Paul is saying, it's not that I've already attained any perfection, but this I do, I press on to lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of, in Christ Jesus, and I, what I see in that is that I, I keep going. Whatever has been going on, if I need to seek forgiveness, I do that, but I get up, and I press on to follow him, and as it says here, I press on to lay hold of, I, you know, it, Jesus has grabbed me. Now what I need to do is I need to grab him back and hang on for the ride. Uh, it, it's a beautiful picture, I think. <laughs> um, and I, I used the illustration to leave yesterday behind, and and I wrote about that chapter. My brother and I did in our in our uh, book, Paul the, uh, Paul the Counselor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and but if if you know whitewater, if you if you jump in a river. And mm. it's flowing fast. You're under the control of the river. Yeah. And a friend of mine and I did that when we were in junior high and could have been very sorry that we did it. <laughs> but what I realized is I tried to get out, but mm. that river let me out when it wanted to. Yeah. And and I realized, you know, at some point we can play over in the side waters. Yeah. But if we want to step out into the flow of God's spirit, what he's doing. And let him take us where he wants us to go you know the, we we need to keep our head above water so to speak keep listening to him S- stay in his word stay stay focused on him and he will take us where where we need to be we need to be sure and act when he says act do what he says it's not just you know say okay Jesus take me for a ride it's Jesus tell me what to do and then trusting that the Holy Spirit, like we've read already today, mm-hmm. trust that the Holy Spirit will give us all that we need in that journey. Yeah, And we step out and we go. We do like Paul said, we, we
0: lay hold of him. You know, and to, to add to that just a bit, you've alluded to Psalm 73, the idea of, in, in verse 2 it says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And so, again, getting our our thoughts in the wrong place, thinking about the wrong things. Why are these wicked people prospering? And, you know, why am I envious of the arrogant and and thinking about those things? And this person, uh, the psalmist, this is a psalm of Asaph, is, is, um, is in that place. But you alluded to this in verse 16 of Psalm 73. It says, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. And so when we get our heads right and we get in the presence of God, the sanctuary of God, I think, represents that, that relationship with God, getting in his word, uh, led by his spirit, just everything you just said, uh, then we begin to see and discern boy, those wicked people, I mean, they're having a fun time now. I'm a little bit envious of them. Maybe they can do drugs and sex and rock and roll and live, and it looks like it's so appealing. I don't think it really is, even in this life, but they make it look that way, and um, I can be envious of that. But then when I think about it, this is going to be their best life now. This is all they get They're not going to get a life in in the next life unless they repent and I pray and hope that they do. But until we kind of get our eyes on Jesus and understand who we are in Christ, we can't even get to that place to where we say, you know what, Uh, I need to think about this rightly. And so that relationship that you've talked about, that you know, I just think it's 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 vital. And I love how you alluded to Psalm seventy three because it's just a a great psalm for counselors. You know, when we're working with people and they're thinking worldly thoughts and in worldly ways and they're stumbling, we can help them with biblical truth that gets their mind stayed on the right thing. And like you said, they can begin to walk in obedience and they don't just have to, to you know, think, well, I can't do anything, I'm powerless. And that, you know, one theme that comes clear to me out of uh, Leaving Yesterday Behind, when you read that book, it helps you to realize you're not a victim. You don't have to be a victim anymore of your circumstances. There are things you can do, and and it empowers you to do those things. And we're not talking about doing them to earn eternal life. We're talking about you're born again, you're saved, and then you can walk in obedience, walk in faith, uh, understanding that God's created you for he, you know, by your his workmanship, he's created you for good works. And I think the book just really helps people to see that.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. And, yeah, there have been some wonderful testimonies through the year. Our, our friend Howard Irick used to send me uh, excerpts from things that his students would write uh, about how, how it had helped them. And, again, it was just always meant to be a very simple book about who God is, who we are in Christ, and how we – and press on, and uh, I'm very appreciative that uh, people are are still reading it uh, yeah. from time to time. But but again, I do want to re- remind everybody that we move incrementally. We, we move from, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We move along in Christ, and you may not yet be, and you are not yet be where you will one day be if you keep following him, but glory in today, please him today, get up tomorrow and grab onto him
0: again and follow him again. And I appreciate you, again, being on our podcast, but also in your leadership abilities, being part of the Addiction Connection, really from almost the beginning in at least our reboot our restart. You've been there for the beginning of that and been a real good influence on me, on uh, many of our members and the people that... Participate in this uh, ministry, and so I really appreciate your friendship, your leadership, uh, all your gifts. I mean, you you may not even see it, um, but I do, and I and I um, am very grateful. So, um, want to well, thank, thank you.
1: you back at you. Uh, <laughs> it's been a wonderful relationship, and uh, getting connected with the Addiction Connection really changed my much of my focus in ministry in terms of what I did day to day, and, wow. and uh, it's it's really been been wonderful. And And let me say real quick again what yeah. I try to say each time, which is that you may not think that you are addicted, and maybe you're not addicted in the way a heroin addict is, but we all have to do the same things to grow. Now, the heroin addict, he might die tomorrow if he keeps doing his heroin, if if you keep just being a jerk or whatever it is that you right. uh, need to need to change, you may not die tomorrow, but you do need to change just like he he does to repent, to start off in the very basics of life with Christ and grow as a child of God. Amen.
0: Well, I want to thank you, listeners, for being with us uh, each of these weeks that we do these podcasts. It's such a thrill for me to have someone in studio. And then to have somebody like my good friend Bill here is just a blessing. So thank you for listening. Join us next time on the Addiction Connection podcast. Take care and God bless.